What's up, y'all? It's your man, Bache. I'm back with another episode of Be Uncut. Be Uncut is where I get to be uncut. So this is a conversation without reservation. I'm not looking to be a therapist. I'm not looking to be a person who knows a lot. I'm not looking to be a person that might guide you. I'm not looking to be that. I'm just being uncut. Sharing my story, my experiences, my thought process outside of that clinical space, outside of that professional space. I just want to have a conversation. And I've been putting this episode off for a while. And I guess there's been several reasons why. Uh, One of them was, I want to make sure that I'm in, in a good space when I share this particular experience. I remember at one time, wanted to have my therapist be a part of this because he was with me during this time. Listen, I call this my, I guess my wilderness year, right? You know, how it talks in, in the Bible, talk about the wilderness year and understanding you're in the wilderness. Well, it doesn't say the wilderness year, but it's what the wilderness looks like. So I had to process, process that for a minute. So I think for me, the wilderness, I was in the wilderness, but I had a light and I just didn't know how to turn it on to get up out of there. So <clears throat> let's get into it. So it was like the year 2018, probably my hardest year to date. Very difficult year, very necessary, very life-changing. I don't even know there's so many different adjectives I can use for that. Um, but it was a very powerful year, but at the time I felt my weakest. I felt my most vulnerable. I felt like I was losing it. But it changed my life to where I'm at today. I think in hindsight, I might have been living in greatness, but was also living in fear and anxiety and doubt and confusion, to be honest with you. All right, let's jump into it. So 2018, right? So I had this plan, right? I was I was in this unhealthy relationship where we broke up, I don't know, maybe like 15 or 16 times. I don't know, it was something crazy. You know, um, both, or I'm not even gonna speak for another person. I'm just gonna speak for myself. So I know I was trying to fix everything that I touched. I know I was kind of wanting to have a relationship. Um, I, I, I wanted to, I had this goal in my mind that I was going to be engaged in 2018, when I dropped my book, when I turned 40, like I had this mindset that these things were going to happen. And I was holding on to anything that looked like that. And I was trying to fix everything that could complete that thought process. But it wasn't healthy, y'all. It wasn't healthy. I was also starting my practice going solo. Solo, dolo, just ready. Because of all the unhealthy, toxic um, bureaucracy bullying that I was receiving at my last job. And I'm going to get into these things. But I'm just trying to lay a foundation. And then outside relationships with friendships and even family. Where I wanted to take everybody with me. I wanted to stay connected. I wanted to take care of everybody. I wanted to make sure everybody was good. But a lot of things had to die in order for me to live. A lot of things had to die. So let's jump into it. So I want to start off with my school situation. Well, I don't know why I said school. I don't know what I'm thinking about school. I was just looking at the door, looking looking at my son. But 
tell us the story of my work situation, right? So I work for this particular place because I don't want to give too much description, not because I'm afraid, but just because I don't want to give them too much power and acknowledgement. But I worked at this place and I had this plan, right? I had this plan that I didn't want to go into 2018 still connected to this place of employment. So months before that, probably around October, November, you know, at the end of the year, you decide where your where your leave goes. You know, you have your comp time, you have your annual leave, you have your personal leave, and then you have your sick leave. The only thing that you can't take with you is your sick leave. So I had maybe four, I'm not even exaggerating, maybe four, maybe 450, 450 um, hours to cash out. So my goal was I was not going to walk into 2018 still connected to this position. So it's the end of the year. You, you know, you get a, a special exemption to keep your hours. So I was going to keep my hours. I was going to leave, get my resignation. And in New Year's, I was going to be at a new position. So I put in a spe- special recommendation to keep all my hours. Because other than that, otherwise, only 250 hours you can keep everything else rolls over to sick leave. I know I'm kind of all over the place. So this is beyond cut. I don't have to be in order. So I went to go file for the special exemption and they denied it. They told me I should have used my leave during the year. Now they gave somebody else in the office this special exemption because you only get one. They gave it to them. And they always give it to everybody their first time. But they denied me. Now I'm gonna back up and say some some other historical data that 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 goes along with this particular position. For about the first five years of this position, I my, when I first started, I said, you know, I'm in a um, co-parenting situation. Um, we have a we have a schedule, so I need to work like my Monday and Tuesdays out, and my every other Friday. And so my son gets out of school at three o'clock, so I take him to school, then I head to work. I'll take a lunch. I get off at three to pick him up, take him to my parents, and then I come back to work. Or I would just work all the way through and then pick up the hours like on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. So I was doing that for like five years. Boom. A new supervisor comes in. I explain it to them. Oh, I understand. I understand what it is. Like everything is good. I see sometimes you come back and I see sometimes you work late. So I get it. So we're on the same page. Things start to shift. Shadiness starts to happen. They tell me I'm using company hours, which is my lunchtime. I'm using my lunchtime hours to go do something personal. And that's not company policy. Hmm. What? So after five years of doing this, all of a sudden, I'm getting close to my licensure. You see that I'm getting, like I'm, I'm planning to leave. So you start to sabotage. And not only that, you told me I couldn't do that. In addition to that, you started planning meetings during that three o'clock hour. Like who has a meeting at three o'clock? A team meeting at three o'clock only on Monday and Tuesday. And we've been there talking about nothing. Nothing. But thank God it worked out because I, I 
called my father. We worked it out and started developing an even more uh, uh, amazing relationship with, with my son, pick him up from school, take him to go get to eat, take him to go eat. They would go to a different restaurant each day. I would give them money to just go to a different restaurant and go to Five Below and get everything, candy or whatever he needed, whatever he wanted. They, and they just had a good time. So that worked out on that aspect. But I'm still at work boiling and seeing all the sabotage that's going. Another situation. We're supposed to do a nice, a, a dope trip for... Um, I was I was kind of outside the box. I wanted I wanted kids to really experience life. I don't want them. I didn't want them to be in a box. If you're creative, let's find your creative um, juices, your 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 specialties, your your purpose, and let's let's feed into that. Just because you're in a particular situation, particular system, doesn't mean that you can't be great. So boom, set up this situation for this kid to go to New York to do some modeling. And he's giving me permission to say this, by the way, and this is not a therapeutic client situation. This is not, this is a grown gentleman. Get ready to age out. We set it up for a year, hooked him up with my friends, hooked him up with, um, and he did a lot of work too. So he um, he wanted to do modeling, met with some, set up some agencies, uh, set up some other meetings, some interviews, a whole thing. This thing has been planned for a year. I'm coming out of the training on Friday, off-site. We're supposed to leave on Monday. It's been approved by a judge, approved by attorneys, approved by the department. That Friday before the money was supposed to leave, they didn't pay for the hotel. They didn't pay for all this. And I told them not even worry about me because I got family where we going. I don't need no hookup. Like, just make sure he's good. I just want to be there to make sure he's good to support him. This is his dream. The Friday night, Friday evening, they called me and say, we're not paying for it. What? Yeah, you, you want it. This is for you. This is not for the kids. What? Yeah, you trying to go over budget. What? All types of crazy stuff. And I'm sitting there like, like I had to make arrangements because for my son, like I had to plan for this. Um, You know, as a, as a single father, you got to make arrangements. You got to do a whole bunch of different things to make sure that you can fulfill the duties and the promises that you make to your position, to your job, while making sure your child is good. So boom, they tell me all of this. I'm, I'm little, I'm, I'm a little upset with me about me, but more hurt about the kid, the young man. Like, how do I tell him that? And they want me to tell him that on a Friday, and we're supposed to leave on Monday. I don't work on weekends. Like, I'm ready to go home and go hang with my son. So I tell him, you tell him. You contact his attorney. Well, I said, no, I'll contact his attorney. But y'all going to tell him. I contact his attorney, let him know what's up. He's fuming. They contact the judge. They talk about emergency hearings. 
all the sellers. They heated at everybody but me. But the place that I worked, they were heated at me. And they were trying to get at me. They thought this trip was for me. And the backstory of that is is funny because I had my blog going on and people thought I was getting money for my blog. People thought I was getting money for speaking at the time. I was doing all that stuff for free. Man, that's just what I love to do. And it was practice for me against the anxiety that I struggle with, the fear of speaking. So all that was practice. I was not getting paid for none of that. I remember people used to come from, like, directors used to come from different offices and come like, oh, Bashe Williams. Oh, okay, yeah, we're watching you. And what, what y'all watching me for? Just stuff like that, the microaggressions, the, the attempted bureaucracy bullying. I remember having it out with a couple of different people just saying, like, like, who are you talking to? Like, this is, like, we're not even professional. Um, just other little stuff, like my files being moved and placed in certain areas, you know, just denying. Just a whole bunch of crazy stuff. But anyway, going back to the situation. So I ended up, they told him he couldn't go. I, he called me. He said he wanted to talk to me personally. I just hooked him up with all my people in New York. He can stay with um, make sure he was good. He had transportation. Make sure he fulfilled his dreams. And the, the dude is flourishing now. Flourishing. He's modeling all over. He's They flew him out to Paris. He's he's doing like major markets. So shout outs to him, man. I'm just, I'm just so proud of him, man. But going back to this place. So yeah, that's all right. That's the, they're cutting the lawn out there. But going back to the place. So, I'm sitting there and I'm boiling, right? This is happening. Like, a lot of this stuff is leading up. I'm upstairs, all, all the different details. But they were just being petty and trying to bully. And I just sat there. But I had to sit there extra two months. So that was going against my plan. And I felt like I was stuck. So while all that was happening, that relationship that I was talking about, the off and on relationship, the one I was trying to fulfill and and line up with my book, right? If I'm releasing my book, I got to have a partner with me when I release it because I can't be inauthentic. I can't be a single guy dropping out. I mean, dropping Dear Future Wife. Like, no, I got to complete the mission. But to be honest with you, even in 2000, before even 2018 started, we broke up in December of 2017. We broke up in October uh, 2017. We broke up in September 2017, like on my birthday, on a birthday trip. Like it was, and then we broke up again and again in December on their birthday. It's like, and it's so, I found so much freedom in the breakups, but then I was tied to this idea that I got to have a partner when I released my book. And, I, and my ego was saying, you got to fix this. You can fix anything. You can fix everything. You're a counselor. Like, you love relationships. You 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 can fix this. Like, this is a failure if it doesn't go through. So I'm dealing with all of that. Get back together. Break up again. I think in January of 2018. Or February. I remember I was with I was with my um homeboy and homegirl when they their surprise engagement went out and it was a beautiful thing 
I was like, yeah, okay, that's what I want. Like, I'm ready. I want to have that. Ready to get engaged, ready to have this family. And I was single at the time. I remember going home. On my way home, I looked on um, a social media platform, and I saw that person I kept breaking up with on a date with another person, and I felt peace. Like, I wasn't mad. I wasn't salty. I was like, all right. Because part of my thing was making sure everybody else was all right. So when I saw that, because they were bragging about it, yeah, I'm out here with my trainer. I'm out here. We're on a date. We're going to the movies. We're going bowling. We're going and we're going to dinner. We're going to hang out after, like all of that. And I knew what I knew what that was about. But I felt peace because I felt like that was no longer my responsibility to make sure that other people are happy. And I sent the message that looks good on you, and I was genuinely happy. And then the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I was in a good space, y'all. It was that same weekend. I was in a good space. But then I got a call because people knew that was my squad. Like, and I'm already feeling nice. I'm in the house watching the game. I have my Outback wings. I'm chilling. And then they call you, right? With some story and a threat. Like, I'm going to go on social media and expose you. Well, let's go. Because, you know, that's an opportunity for me to tell my story. And that's also freedom, too, because a lot of us are making sure everybody else is all right. To the detriment of ourselves. And I don't want anybody else to do what I do. And there's a lot of different things that people may not know that you may not want them to know. But when I tell a story, I tell a whole story. I don't just tell parts that make me look good. So if you want to do that, let's do it. Like, forget everything else. Because if you look at the historical, uh, the way I rock, the way I move when I'm online, if you read carefully, you can see that I'm telling the truth. And everything that I post, when I'm holding other people accountable, I say, we need to do this. I say, I'm struggling with this. I say, I need to do this. I talk about, you know, breakups to makeups. I talk about myself. So there's nothing that you can put out there that I haven't already talked about myself. So when it went from that, that threat to the apology, the cycle restarted. And I said, you know what? Let me go back to my my idea of I have to fix everything. That unhealthy mindset of, of I have to fix everything. So we had planned a trip, pre-planned a trip. Both were seeing other people at the same time. Argued on the way to the trip. Argued when we got there. Argued while we're in there. And then something, boom, something big blows up. And I will say this, like, one of my unhealthy <laughs> traits or unhealthy behavior that I, that I had, behaviors that I had previously was my rebound. My rebound was whack. And then my closeout was whack, right? So if I was 
dealing with someone and we break up. Okay, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm chilling. I have a little bit of space and then I will start dating someone else. But then coming back, you never really, I never really knew how to close out the situation before coming back. Because it was always like a gentle closeout, closeout where it was inauthentic, would leave space, would think people thought it left space. So that was one of those situations. And that, that happened several times. You end a situation, you go back to your situation or relationship. Yeah, I decide to get back together. You don't really close the chapter. So the person who was in the situation, although you told them it's not anything's going to happen, when they see you back, they're heated. They're hurt. And you play a part in that. Well, I played a part in that. So chaos ensued. In the middle of that chaos, I saw freedom. You know, and I was on my bravado, I was on my ego. It's like, well, I'm good. Like, you know, we 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 together anyway, we breaking up, getting back together, it's been unhealthy. You be talking, you be saying all types of stuff. You know, I be doing all types of stuff. You know, you be doing all types of stuff. It's just like, all right, let's just rock. Let's just let it go. But then you get out of that space and you, you come off that that ego. And I realize I was alone. I was leaving my job to go solo on my private practice. I had no relationship. I couldn't depend on family. And I can talk about that a little bit, but I don't, that's a little sore spot right there. You know, just having a, a sibling that you think you're rocking with, y'all cool, you, you let them know what you're going through, how you're feeling. And even in them breakups and makeups, you know, in those situations, whenever the breakup, they were like, yeah, about time you leave that, whatever calling the girl names you have to check them a little bit like chill out and then you go back and they look at you sideways and then they you know telling you to go date somebody else you're like nah i'm chilling i'm trying to get this thing right but just a lot of that was happening with this particular relationship and this 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 relationship with this family member was really draining i mean unhealthy draining and i'm gonna spare a lot of the details, but then I find out this person is befriending the ex. I find out this person is telling me to date someone else, but in their inbox, trying to date that someone else. Then I find out some of the stuff I confided in this person is now becoming their social media platform. Then I find out they're doing all types of shady stuff. So now, lost the security of the space and the job. The relationship needed to die. But I wasn't, I was still in the place where I felt like I needed that relationship because it was something that was always there. 
didn't matter how unhealthy it was, but it was always there. The sibling support wasn't there. And then boom. Years ago, co-signed for a family member. Situation happened, didn't go well. Seven years of, you know, impacting my credit. So now I'm in a good space, right? So I've overcome the job situation because now, like, the practice is booming. And I'm, I'm also, I, I, I'm also outworking the trauma. So I'm working like crazy. Like I'm seeing like 40, 50 clients a week. It's just like crazy because I know I don't have that security, that paycheck coming every two weeks. So now I'm overworking and overcompensating. And also I'm still hurting from this relationship loss. And it's not really the person, but the things that the failures and the behaviors that I did, like I'm like, I'm in pain, like emotionally, psychologically, I'm in my, I'm, I'm in pain. Like not sleeping and not eating and just so much guilt and shame because the relationship failed and also my behavior in it. And it didn't matter what that other person did. And half of the things that the other person did, I never mentioned. And that's I was, that was another thing that I was upset about myself about because I responded to those things, but I didn't let them know those things hurt. I didn't let them know that I knew some manipulative things that they did. And I kind of just held it in. Because I wanted the relationship to work so bad because I didn't want to be alone. And now this person has this idea of this relationship where they were perfect and I was a mess up. And I let them have it because my thought process is I can handle feedback. I can handle the attacks of the world. Like I'm stronger than them. They're fragile in a sense. And that was just always always my mindset. It didn't matter if it was them, but just people in general. Just like I'm built for this. Like I can take on. Like I can verbally abusive, I can take that. Physically abusive, like you you I ain't tripping off that. Lying and I ain't tripping off that. Cause I'm built for this. So anyway, all that happened. So I'm on the back to back while I'm in my trauma, while I'm in my shame, while I'm in my grief. I get over the fact that that I left the job because the practice is popping. But then, remember I just told y'all, co-signing for a family member, bit me in the butt for seven years. A couple years after that, they coming after again to the tune of 36k like that nest egg that I was building the plan I was building got shot like because I was grinding I was paying stuff off for my practice I paid off two cars paid off all my credit card debt credit was almost at 800 like I'm I'm in a good space Boom, 36K. And initially, they weren't coming after me. But then, they were given my address. They were told that I'm responsible for half. 
despite everything. And I don't want to go into those details because that all that part has been forgiven. We're in a different space. But now they're coming after me. 18K. <laughs> First year of business. So I'm talking to my financial advisor and she's like, file for bankruptcy. Like, I don't want to file for bankruptcy. Like, no. Talk to my tax person. You don't need to file for bankruptcy. Just pay it. I don't want to get them 18K. Like, I shouldn't be responsible for this anyway. So I'm having that thought process and I'm asking different people, you know, what should I do? You know, it's tough. You know, my mom just like, bankruptcy's okay, and I get it, I've read it, you know, it's even in the Bible, every seven years, you're supposed to wipe your debt clean, I get it, but yo, bankruptcy? And the ego's telling me, I'm, if anybody who saw me on the outside, I failed, like, exes, oh, this, he failed, you know, he filed for bankruptcy, even if they didn't know, like, that's just my thought process, I'm thinking and worried about what everybody else is thinking. So I'm like, man, I was sitting in the office, a client canceled. I went and just looked out the window, called my mentor, talked to him for a minute. And I was like, hey, man, what should I do? He's like, you don't want to file for bankruptcy in your first year of business. Don't do it. We'll work something out. So I got off the phone, felt a little encouraged. And then God said, check your account. Realized that was the most, that was the month I made the most money I've ever made in my practice. God said, check your account. My mentor called back. He said, we've been talked about, you need to be putting money away. But the money I was putting away, I paid off two cars again. And like my first year, I paid off, I think it was like 18 for one. It was, it was no, you know, baller cars and all that. It was like 18 for one. It was like, eight for or ten for another but i'm in my first year of business like i'm paying and i'm a credit cards and stuff like that so now somebody hit me up with 18k <sighs> check your account go check my account call the company i think it was like a tuesday or something like that you'll, you'll get the check by because uh, i gotta go get a cashier's check you'll get it by friday take me off the books Sign a settlement. I think they settled for like 12. Sign a settlement, send up 12. It was all good. It was all good. But it put, it helped me put a lot of boundaries up when it came to relationships with people, places, and things. But it was my wilderness year. I'm talking about barely sleeping, you know, just was drinking a lot. It was just like, I was trying to heal through clients or really avoid. I wasn't trying to heal. So I was seeing clients every day of the week to avoid the fear of of losing money because I had that security job. To avoid the fear of being alone because I don't have the relationship. But if I would have client, I'm in relationship with my client where we can have, we can discuss traumas and stuff like that. And I can lose myself or take myself away from my own trauma and be connected to theirs and help them. So that fixer mentality, 
because that therapeutic space is relationship. So I'm working, I'm trying to outwork those two things. Then I have to set the boundary with family. Because me, I want everybody to win. And I, I used to envision like a whole family situation, like everybody in business together. Like, that was my idea. But I realized I couldn't take everybody with me. So boundaries, cutting people off. And I didn't realize what I needed until 2019. Because these things just started happening. And then I started to date too at the end of 2018. And it just wasn't a good look. I was dating somebody, but I realized I was still in my trauma. I was still in my pain. Here I go. Hey, I don't want to date right now. I need to heal some. I'm trying to make the best decision, y'all. Like, I'm literally trying to make the best decision. Tell this person, and you know I'm dear future wife, right? Tell this person, before I get into a situation, a relationship, date, pursue you, I need to heal. This person goes on the next day and mocks me online. Writes, dear future husband. I still got the screenshot, too, because I'm kind of, I want to do something with that. Dear future husband, don't start nothing you can't finish. Call me when you're ready. Like, we say we want people to be upfront, authentic. They give you the information and you mock them. <sighs> that, I got a whole, that's a whole nother situation I could talk about. I'm going to talk about one day. But anyway, so my year 2018 was my wilderness year. Coming out of 2018. I hired my I hired my wife before we you know before of course we were dating anything. She takes my book to a whole nother level. Oh, I forgot. Even my book, like when I dropped my book on my birthday, 2018. It wasn't my birthday. I just remember spending my birthday single alone on a cruise ship in the Bahamas, editing my book, and it felt good. It felt great. I was in bed by like 7 o'clock. And slept like 12 hours. The best sleep I ever had. I was turn, I turned 40. You know, remember I told you in the beginning, my goal was to turn 40, get married, get well, get, get engaged, buy a house. I, I don't know if I said that. Buy a house, um, drop my book, and then start this whole new chapter of life of bliss. My book wasn't ready on my birthday. I did turn 40. I was single. Um, I didn't start a new chapter. So all the things that I had planned out, the only thing that happened was I turned 40. But in hindsight, that's one of my best birthdays. Editing my book by myself in a space on an island, on a cruise, Reflecting and really understanding that I don't need to depend on anyone else. I don't need to depend on anyone else. I spent time with God. And again, from that point on, when I met my wife in February 2019, 
and hired as my brand manager, the levels, they were already up, but I was able to recognize where I was and where I was going. And one of the things my wife said, again, before she was my wife, I can't wait for you to see what God sees in me. And that whole time, all those things that I was trying to do and try to hold on to, God was saying, let go. But I couldn't let go because I was afraid to be just me and him for a minute. But I'm glad I did. That's when I got into therapy with my therapist. He told me when I came in there, I was exhausted mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and physically. And he was asking me, why do I wait for something egregious to happen to leave these situations that don't serve me, that hurt me, that causes me to be inauthentic to myself, that causes me to be unhealthy, to respond in an unhealthy way, to walk around unhealthy, to do things out of character. Everything changed, though. New friendships. We became family. Shout out to Unique and Aaron. Just a whole bunch of Rayshawn, just a whole bunch of different people I just really connected with. I mean, I still have my old faithful, but like, yeah, that was just like my wilderness year when I opened, when I was in it. And when I came out of it, it's the best thing that happened to me. All right, y'all, that's be a cut. Y'all be easy.